Welcome back to another episode of Stuff No One Told Us About Weight Loss. I'm Eloise and I'm here with Aaron. And today we're talking about no one told me why I couldn't stick to plans. It's a pretty common thing uh, that we hear, especially now from clients, when initially they come up and they sort of say, you know, I, I know I should be doing all this. I just can't seem to stick to the plan for any yep. length of time. I was literally the queen of that saying my entire life. <laughs> I think we've all sort of got, all gone through a point where we really struggle to stick to anything that we sort of set ourselves for yeah. any length of time. Like if we say yeah. we're going to do something, we might do it for two weeks and then we eventually fall off the bandwagon. Yes. And although our podcast is about weight loss... This applies to every single area of life. When you, mm. If you're struggling to stick to absolutely anything, the stuff that we're going to talk about in this podcast is going to be really helpful uh, because it took me a long time to learn it. But once I learned it, I was just like, holy shit. Yeah. This is the reason I haven't been able to stick to it. This is the reason why I've repeated over and over again. I know what I should be doing. I just can't seem to do it. Like, I felt like, you know, I know all this stuff why can't I just do it? And I felt like it was my fault. Yeah. I felt like I was this terrible person that like couldn't stick to the plan just because I was bad and there's something wrong with me. Mm. But it's like, actually, no, it was, it was really, there was something wrong with my thoughts, my thinking pattern. And that is good news because that means that, that you can actually fix that and you can work on that. That's right. And I feel like prior to us understanding all of this, it was very much uh, the case of, a lot of guilt and shame around it and yeah. you know especially when you're you know you say you're going to do one thing especially as as us as as you know health health and fitness professionals yeah. you know we're kind of seen as these people who have got all got our shit together and you know we're, we're doing the things every <laughs> oh, single how day wrong that is. <laughs> <laughs> you know at the end of the day like we're people too and we we struggle with some of this stuff and and that's why you know we are in a position where a lot of the stuff that we teach our clients is stuff that we've personally gone through and we've mm. personally you know, worked out for ourselves or we're still on the journey and we might just be a little bit further ahead than where we used to be. Yeah. Um, and that allows us to give some insight. Well, exactly. Those struggles, like the fact that I struggled so hard is why I can now teach it and why I can also relate to the way that a lot of you are probably feeling because I was there as well. That's right. I was very deep there. For, for a long time, trying to figure out maybe it's the plan, maybe I'm not on the right plan, maybe I've got to find another plan, you know, and constantly looking for what's this external answer when, and I know it sounds cliche, but the answer was always within me. Yeah. It was my, th my thinking pattern that I had to work on. And that was the one thing I never tried. Yeah. And you've, you've probably heard it before like a million times when they say, oh, you know, the answer's within you and, and, and look within. And like, so cliche, but so true. I understand how difficult that is to, to comprehend. You know, like I was very much the same before we started realizing a lot of the, uh, the way th people change and the, psycholo the psychology behind that and how habits actually are formed i was in the same boat you know it was sort of like when people said oh i'm not motivated i was just sort of like well you know you yeah, must I'm you just it. i'm not either <laughs> you don't you don't want it bad enough or or you know it's it's very much looking at external things yeah um but it, it is very interesting when you do make the shift and it's a shift in your own mind mm -hmm. at the end of the day that really allows you to actually start to to look at all right why am i starting to uh, fall off the bandwagon why can't I seem to stick to it yeah 
Yeah, and so today we're going to discuss a few of the really important mindset changes that you can start to make. So first, the reasons why you're probably finding it hard to stick to plans and then how you can make that shift to make sticking to a plan much easier in the future. Yeah, and I think the first thing, I notice this, uh, especially when we get new clients that come on board and they are very much focused on the outcome. So very much like I want to hit this at all costs. You know, I I just care about losing weight. That's all I want to do. And I want to do it as fast as I can. And I'll sort all the rest of it out at a later date. Oh, yes. That's the famous last words. Something I've said many times in my life and something I hear a lot of people say. That whole story of like, yeah, I'll just lose it as fast as possible. And once I've lost it, then surely then I'll figure out how to actually enjoy my life and be happy and feel good about myself. Yeah. But that never, ever works out. And I'm saying that from a lot of personal experience, being at much lower weights and never actually enjoying my life, never feeling comfortable in myself the way that I thought I should because I wasn't doing the actual work. Mm. I was just looking at, okay, the scale number. What should I eat? What exercise should I do? And you're missing out on all that mindset work that's so critical to results. Well, that's right. And I mean, at the end of the day, like if that was true and if you were able to get the results really quickly and and then figure the stuff out, you wouldn't be in the situation of looking for another solution. And there'd be like every thin person in the world would be super happy, which is not true. No. (laughs) (laughs) At all. (laughs) And I think like it, it initially starts with the expectations that we place on the outcome. So we get so focused on the end goal and we have these big expectations in our mind of, you know, what it should feel like, how easy it should be, you know, what's going to come up along the way. And we we kind of paint a picture mentally of this fairy tale story to ourselves. And then when life happens, which inevitably does, it doesn't turn out that way. Well, and also I think we get into that place of, we think it should go a certain way and then we never plan for the fact that life is going to happen and so we don't expect it or we think that well you know if I've messed up this one time or if this didn't go according to plan that means everything's gone wrong and this isn't the right thing for me and that means that I should quit or that I did it wrong or something like that Mm. Um, and a lot of people don't plan for both sides right? Because any journey is going to have both sides. It's going to have the ups and it's going to have the downs. And so we need to plan for both sides. Mm. And that is a big thing that most programs never address and most people never think of is, okay. And I think it's something that James Clear said in a quote one time, it was like, instead of thinking about what can I do on my best days, start thinking about what can I do on my worst days? Because that is the answer to sticking to your plan right there. Yeah, it's what, and that's where, you know, habits or properly formed habits will carry you through. You know, a habit is something that you do habitually, right? It's something that you're going to do irrespective of what the circumstances are. You're just going to do it. It's just something that uh, is so ingrained in you Mm -hmm. that there's there's very little thing, things out there that are going to derail you from doing that. And that's where your habits are going to really carry you through. And to build a habit, it takes time. Like it doesn't happen overnight. And habits are also like, I think some people think that habits are black and white. They're one dimensional. It's like, I do this or I don't do it. Mm. But habits actually exist on a continuum. 
And so it's like one thing that we often try to get our clients to do and that we do ourselves is implement minimum baselines. So as, as we just said before, what is that? what does that habit look like on your absolute worst day? When the whole world has gone to shit, you feel like crap, shit's hitting the fan, what are you still going to commit to doing? And that's, that's the answer to the low end of the continuum. And then on the high end of the continuum, you've got when everything's going fantastically, what can you stick to? Yeah. Right. So with an exercise habit, it might be on your worst day, that looks like five minute walk. On your best day, maybe that's an hour walk or mm. an hour boot camp session or an hour run or something intense. But on your worst day, it's a five minute walk and you're still ticking off your exercise habit if you're doing that minimum baseline, mm. right? And if, if you've got, if you're someone with that mindset, it's really bloody easy to stick to your plan when you know that when you feel like crap, all you have to do is go for a five minute walk and you can tick off that habit and say, yep, I'm, I'm consistent. Yeah. Whereas if you're someone who has that black and white mindset of like, well, my habit involves um, having to do an hour boot camp and a run super intense session every single day on those bad days you're going to feel like a failure when you can't follow that because it like it was never realistic to begin with but you had this expectation that that's what a successful habit looks like and so it's going to be much easier to quit your plan if you have that expectation that that's what it takes to succeed when really that's not true because the people who succeed are not people who do it perfectly all the time they're people who just don't quit that's That's, right that's as simple as it is that's right. And it's it, expectations are everything. You know, they can either work for you or work against you. And nine times out of 10, for a lot of people, they work against them because they set their expectations, uh, you know, in a perfect situation. They're looking at, all right, what am, what's going to be my best day? And then I'm just going to imagine that every day is going to be the best day mm-hmm. and I'll be able to do everything perfectly. And that's just not the case. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I mean, on the topic of unrealistic expectations, it's that feeling that if things feel difficult or if things feel hard or if I'm not happy all the time, it means I must be doing something wrong. Mm. And that isn't true. Like, as we just said before, like there's always the ups, there's always the downs. You have to plan for and expect both because that is life. That's being human. So you have to expect that it's going to come. That's right. And I feel like at the end of the day too, you've got to kind of enjoy what you're doing. You know, if your expectations are that exercise is going to be, you know, really grueling, it's got to be really hard, I've got to like absolutely kill myself. Mm. And then you're doing that every day, like that's not going to be fun. Like if you're hating every minute of it, it's very unlikely that you're going to stick to it for any length of time. Mm -hmm. You know, and a lot of that is small steps to begin with. You know, for everyone, it's going to be tough in the beginning to create a habit. It's going to put you outside your comfort zone, but you have to do that in small steps to make it Mm. um, comfortable. Small steps and also having that minimum baseline. So using myself as a personal example here, when we're talking about building an exercise habit and also having expectations is in the past, I had very high expectations of what a workout should look like. It should involve lifting really heavy weights. It should involve really intense, you know, sweating, um, high heart rate, like yeah. killing myself basically in the gym in whatever way, whether that's lifting really heavy or going all out on like some kind of like boot campy style CrossFit circuit, whatever it is. That was my expectation. And I really didn't have a minimum baseline of like, when I feel like crap, 
maybe I'll just go for a walk. Like that was, did not cross my mind at all. It was like, I either go all out or I've failed. <laughs> That's right. Um, and, you know, shock horror, that was really difficult for me to stick to. Like admittedly, I, st- I stuck to that for quite a few years. But at the same time, I got to this point where I was just like, you know, I don't like doing this anymore. And when I got to that point, I didn't have a minimum baseline to fall back on. Mm. And so I just completely quit exercise. I wasn't walking. I wasn't exercising really in any way. And I just felt like crap. And, you know, in order to get back from that, I decided I'm not going to repeat my past of trying to go all in and absolutely smash myself and like, you know, hardcore or nothing and like, you know, I'm going to get results faster if I just push harder. So therefore I should, you know, try that. But this time I'm like, no, I'm going to do it differently. And I've really built up really slowly, Mm. you know, and you've seen me build up really slowly as well. We started off with like 20 minute walks. Yeah. Um, You know, and it's it's been nearly two years now that I've sort of been building up. Right. So I've given myself that time. I didn't jump in and go, well, I'm a personal trainer, therefore I need to be doing X, Y, Z, otherwise I'm behind. I really just let myself know, like, what I can manage today is a 20-minute walk. Yeah. And that's where we started, and then it went to 30 minutes, and then it went to 45 minutes, and now our walks are 60 minutes. And eventually along the road as well, I started adding in some weight sessions, And I started adding in some cycling sessions, right? And I never forced myself to do stuff that I just didn't want to do just for the sake of it. Yeah. So along the road somewhere, I discovered that I really enjoy doing Peloton cycling classes. And now I'm at this point where like I genuinely look forward to doing hard workouts using like the Peloton app on whether it's the cycling class or like lifting weights or whatever. But it's like two years ago, this would have felt like horrible torture and I would have hated every second of it. But because I built up slowly, it's now become something I really enjoy. And that's the difference. Yeah. And then I've got a similar story as well. You know, a lot of people see the type of exercise I do. I compete in strongman now and they see, you know, training clips of, of me and they go like, that's, that looks really crazy. You know, you, that's, that's some kind of torture you're putting yourself through. And it's what they don't see is, you know, since the age of 16, like starting and going through that process of just learning and actually developing the habit of training regularly mm-hmm. and building up slowly. You know, when I was 16 years old and I first started lifting weights, like I, I'll be honest, I didn't enjoy it. It was all new, it was a new stimulus and it was uncomfortable. But we started with, you know, like my dad was the one who got me started in it. We started with one or two sessions a week and that was it. And there were only 30 minutes. It was just doing some really basic things. And then it progressed to three sessions a week. And then it was, all right, let's start doing some more um, advanced things. And you want to add complexity only when things start to get really fun for you and you start to enjoy it Mm. and you can do it consistently. Um, I think a lot of the times, especially with weight loss is people love to make it really complex in the beginning and they try to add complexity so fast that they just end up hating the process mm-hmm. they've, they've gone way too too fast too quickly and they haven't built that foundation of actually 
forming a habit. Like at the end of the day, like all of this is, is geared around, we want to form habits so we can keep doing for 10, 20, 30, 40 years mm. instead of like six to eight weeks at a time. Yeah. And the only way to do that is to implement a habit that is has a minimum baseline. So like going back to my example, like, you know, I say, yeah, you know, I love the way that I'm working out at the moment and I love doing that. There are some days where I'm, I don't, don't feel like doing a hard class. Mm. So I will do a recovery cycle or I will do a yoga session. I always allow myself to do whatever feels right on the day if I know that I'm physically tired or that I need a break. Because, but I still get to tick off that exercise habit. And I think, or, or it's just going for a walk. Sometimes yeah. it's not even on the app, right? It's like you have to be able to bend and flow and change with the way that your life is bending and flowing and changing. That's right. And that's how you stick to a plan. Well, it's the same as right now. Like at the time of re- recording this podcast and, and filming this podcast, etc. You know, we're in a lockdown at the moment. We're not allowed to go to the gym. We're not allowed to go and do a lot of different things. Uh, For me, you know, I'm used to training in a gym where there's heavy weights and there's all these these things that I normally train with, again, that I've built up over years to do. But now all that's been taken away. And what does that mean? Does that mean I just stop everything altogether? And the answer is no. It's it's, it's more like a a dimmer switch Mm. on the lights. You have to turn that dial down a little bit and go, what can I do with the things I have available? So, you know, I've got, I've still got the routine of training four times a week, whether it is with weights or whether it's with, you know, a couple of dumbbells and some body weight exercises. Mm. I've just changed the parameters to suit the environment. I don't switch off the, the habit completely. And that was something you did really consciously as well. Like it wasn't, uh, super easy for you to just go oh well I can't train at the gym whatever I'll just train at home it was like that was a challenging yeah. thing that you had to work through and go okay here's how I'm going to make it work Yeah. here's how I'm going to continue exercising through lockdown like it was a conscious decision and I think and, and it doesn't always feel great like Aaron's not sitting there going well I, wow I really love not training at the gym mm. but he's like that's that's the reality right now how can we make it work that's right. Like, I mean, I'll be honest, like I would love to go and train back in the gym. Like <laughs> I'm hanging for it. But yeah. um, the yeah. fact of the matter is we can't. And that's, that's, we just have to make do with what we have. Exactly. And therefore, you know, once something's ingrained and it's a habit and you've been doing it for a long period of time, like your mind starts to look for ways to uh, make it work for you. Yeah. You know, you'll come up, like I, I really enjoy the process of coming up with new exercises and, and thinking about like, how can I make it harder? which has been really good, especially in this lockdown period, it's actually given me that ability where I have to actually create things that are a little bit more difficult. Um, And you're starting to use those habits that have have been formed and you're starting to think about ways that you can implement them despite what's going on around you. Mm. So another reason why it's so easy to quit plans and why we start to become people who quit all the time is our own negative self-talk and beating ourselves down when we're not following the plan or when things aren't going perfectly, all of the things we've just spoken about. But like that negative self-talk, telling yourself that you're not good enough or you're not doing it well enough or you should be doing it better or that you should have the XYZ result by now, that is causing you to quit because (laughs) quitting 
essentially to our brain is like temporary relief. Mm. So when we're constantly like trying to follow a plan and we're constantly making mistakes and telling ourselves how shit we are, when we quit, our brain gets this temporary relief of like, oh my God, I don't have to think all those shitty thoughts anymore because I don't have to follow a plan. Yeah. If I'm not following a plan, well, I'm not sitting there telling myself how shit I am for not following a plan. All of a sudden, the stress is just gone. Yeah. So it's like your brain wants you to quit because it wants that temporary relief. But like that doesn't solve the problem. No. It's like food, really. You get temporary relief, but the problem is still there, right? You're still thinking, well, okay, I've quit this plan. I I feel good for a moment because I'm not constantly beating myself down, but like... I still want to lose this weight. I'm still not happy with the way my life is going at this point, at this, at the moment. Once you've quit the plan, you just sort of switch into autopilot mode, but it's not like you're automatically enjoying your life once you switch off. Mm. It's just distraction. It's just that temporary relief where you're getting an escape from your life for a moment. So that doesn't really help either. What What is required is like for you to to do all the things that we were just speaking about where it's like you need to learn how to speak to yourself in a kinder way Mm. you need to learn how to have more realistic expectations of yourself have expectations and plans for the good times and the bad times acknowledge that you're going to go through both yeah and stop beating yourself up when you make a mistake (laughs) because everyone makes mistakes but the difference is some people will make a mistake And they'll go, okay, so that didn't work. How can I now improve and learn and do it better next time? Those are the people who usually succeed with their goals. And then you've got the other people, the people who usually quit, other people who make mistakes and then go, well, shit, that didn't work. How terrible am I? Maybe I'm doing the wrong thing. Why am I even bothering? Nothing ever works for me. They're the people who quit. And the only difference is the story they're telling themselves about what happened, not what actually happened. If you think about it, it's very similar that that concept, if you think about it in a external environment situation, imagine you go to work and your boss is constantly on your back and telling you all these shit things that you're not getting the work in on a certain time. You were supposed to hit this deadline. Like, why didn't you meet your sales targets? Like, you, you're always late to work and... How's that going to make you feel? The, the number one thing you're going to want to do is go, you know what, to hell with this. I'm quitting this job and finding a new one. But if your boss was you know, a lot nicer to you and said, hey, look, you know, I noticed that you were um, late to work a couple of times this week. Like, How can we work together to make this better next time? Mm. Or they were encouraging you and saying, like, hey, you're doing your sales really well and you're getting... Um, a significant uh, target how can we try and like do even better on the next month Mm. you're going to feel totally different you you know on the one hand you're going to feel it's you want to push it away as far as you can and on the other hand you want to step up and you want to try and do a little bit more because it's encouraging you're feeling better about Mm. yourself you're feeling more confident that same conversation happens in our head every single day. Mm-hmm. We've got two sides to us. We've got one person who's really negative and they, they love to just tell you how shit you're doing at things. And we want to basically mute that person and start letting the other voice in our head go, hey, these are all the things you're doing really well. You're actually doing better than you have ever done in before. It might not be exactly the same as what's going on around you like compared to other people, but you're doing really well. Like, yeah. Let's see how much more we can do. 
Yeah, and that's where celebrating the small wins and really just like being really proud of yourself for doing really tiny things is a big key to sticking to a plan. Yeah. Right? Because if you're like, wow, I was I'm really proud that I showed up and wrote in my journal today versus wow, today was shit because I ate a cupcake. Who's got more likely to now go and succeed the next day and show up again? Probably the person who was like, I'm really proud up for show I'm really proud I showed up in a small way for myself. Yeah. Um, and you know, that comes back to that whole topic of uh, outcomes versus process. It's like when you're fo- focusing on the process and you're focusing on what can I do today? How can I show up for myself today? What would make me feel good today? What would make my future self proud of me for? Then you're going to start finding that it's easier to take those actions and to actually follow through. And when we follow through, consistently we're going to start to see results versus if we're focused on the outcome we're probably thinking about wow um, I didn't see the result I wanted on the scale is this even going to be worth it maybe I should just quit it's It's that thinking that our actions aren't worth it that's usually what causes us to quit that's right it's putting too much emphasis on that outcome without realizing the process along the way and actually appreciating the steps that Mm. you that you have I heard a quote, uh, we worked with a business mentor and and he mentioned this quote and it was really, really interesting what he said. And it was something along the lines of acceleration comes through appreciation. You know, you will move faster when you start appreciating all the things that you're doing well and you start to have that conversation where you're talking to yourself in a more positive way more often you will find yourself moving much faster and enjoying the process a lot more. Mm -hmm. And then lo and behold weight loss becomes a much easier process not only to lose the weight but to keep it off for years to come because you've built a habit of changing the conversation in your head Mm. in a more supportive way so people who usually quit too soon and and people who are typically like i was where it's like wow nothing works maybe i should just quit and you find yourself doing programs over and over again or you know never being able to stick to anything long term Usually it comes down to you're asking the wrong questions. So you're finding yourself ask, you know, why am I so bad at this? Why does weight loss never work for me? Mm-hmm. Why is this harder for me than it is for other people? Why am I so terrible? Basically is the question you keep asking yourself. And what happens is your brain is going to search for the answer to the questions that you ask. So it's clever like that. Yeah, like... I mean, yeah, if you're constantly asking yourself, why am I so shit? Your brain is going to be like, well, here are all of the reasons that I can find as to why you're so shit and why weight loss will never work for you because that's what you asked me to find, right? And so we get focused on why everything won't work. We start focusing on all the reasons why things won't work. And look, if you're looking for these reasons, you're going to find them, right? No matter how great you are, Every single person can find reasons why they're shit and why things won't work for them. Except the people who are winning are the people who are asking better questions of themselves. And they're not focusing on all of those reasons why it won't work. They start focusing on reasons why it will work or how they can make it work. So the question reframe that you've got to ask yourself in those moments 
in those moments where you feel yourself thinking, maybe I should quit. Maybe I should just go back to what I was doing before. Maybe this isn't going to work for me. Maybe this isn't the right plan for me. Those thoughts will always come up, right? They still come up for me. They never go away. But what you can do is start asking yourself those better questions. And better questions are things like, how can I make this work? What can I try that I haven't tried before? How can I show up for myself today, even in a really small way? What are the reasons why this might work? And like if you've just made a mistake and that's when you're thinking that maybe you should quit because you've messed it all up, ask yourself, how can I get back on track today? Mm. Instead of why do I always mess up? Yeah. (laughs) Right? Because when you ask all these positive questions, your brain starts looking for ways you can show up for yourself. It starts looking for little things you can do to get back on track. It starts looking for reasons why it will work. Your brain starts going into problem-solving mode rather than stuff-it mode. And you can only succeed if your brain is in problem-solving mode. If your brain is in stuff-it mode, everything sucks mode, I suck mode, you're just never going to get anywhere because you're going to keep quitting on yourself. You're going to find those reasons to prove the identity that you think is true. So if you think the identity is someone who quits or someone who gives up, your brain's going to prove you right. And it's going to find the reasons why uh, you should quit and you should give up. What's really interesting, and as we're sort of talking about this, I was just thinking about it. If you find this concept really hard to comprehend and you go, well, how can that be true? Like, think about this example, and you've probably experienced this a million times without even realizing. Let's say you're in the market to buy a new car and you go to the car yard and you see a... um, let's just say it's a car I want to get, a red Mercedes G-Wagon all right? oh, or a black Mercedes G-Wagon. Please not red. <laughs> let's just say it's that model car, for example. What tends to happen is once you've seen that and you you it's into your awareness, your brain starts to pick that out from your surroundings. It's hypersensitive to any of that particular car. So you'll start to see that car everywhere uh, without even realizing it. And your brain does the same thing with thoughts. If you're teaching it to look for the positives, you know, through appreciating like what you've done, what you've, mm. you're doing really right. well. Gratitude daily. Yeah. You start to teach it to look for those things without mm. you even realizing. And you're going to start to in the moment, you know, if you have a, a bit of a setback, like if you jump on the scale and it's, it's not what you mm-hmm. thought, your brain instantly then gets triggered to look for the things that you're doing well. Mm. And that's likely to spur you on rather than start to convince you that you should you should stop. You should quit, yeah. You know, it's going to find the answers that you want. And it's not, it, you know, sometimes it's not always in the moment. Like it's the same thing with you might be stuck on a problem uh, at work or, or whatever it is and you can't think of the answer right then and there. But then when you're doing something else, your brain is still working on that problem without you even realizing it. Mm. You might be in the shower and then all of a sudden it hits you and you go like, holy crap, like I didn't think of that before. Mm. Like that's the answer. Or you go for a walk and all of a sudden you change your physiology and now all of a sudden the answer comes to you. Yeah. None of this stuff is immediate. And I think that's why so many people avoid this type of work because they feel like like they're getting to that mode of like, oh, it's not working. Why isn't this working for me? And it's, it's a compounding effect and it's something that really 
it's like exponential. It starts really slow mm. and then it will eventually, you'll start to see results. And once you start to see those results and you see your mindset change, you're like, holy crap, it's working. Yeah. But that, it takes a while to get there. Like you have to continuously practice and repeat, 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 repeat for it to stick into your head, right? And it's, it's really helpful to start writing down thoughts that you want to think about the process and about yourself and like as an example one that i've used for myself and the reason i've been able to stick to this for so long now is that every single day i write down i'm showing up for myself today i'm someone who doesn't quit like i legitimately write that down in my journal every single day right and some people will be like oh well you're just writing the same thing all the time what's the point but it's like the point is now I identify as someone who shows up for myself and someone who doesn't quit. And that is the opposite of what my previous identity was. Previously, my identity was I am someone who can't do anything. I suck and I never show up for myself and I always quit. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Like legitimately, the way that I've changed that is just by writing it down every single day and looking for ways looking for moments where I would have quit previously and I'm not quitting this time and looking for moments where, wow, I showed up for myself today by doing whatever I did. And that is how it is. And if you repeat those things over and over again, you literally start to become that person. We just got interrupted by the fire alarm. So I think that we'll wrap up this episode now. We've well and truly covered many things. Yeah. And so I hope you guys found that helpful. And we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye.